Chapter 21. A Bluff. A Breath. I tore through the garage door without calling back up to Carl. William stood quietly, patiently, in the driveway while Sophia railed on him. Hey! Hey! I shouted, holding my hands up between the two of them. Sick? You're sick? Sophia looked at me skeptically. Well, no, I said. So you lied. You lied to me. The words stung, but only because they were true. If you wanted to hang out with William tonight, you should have just said it. You didn't have to make up an excuse. It's not like you spend any time with us anyway. If you guys wanted to frolic in the woods... I don't frolic, William said stoically, and I had to bite down on my top lip to keep from laughing. I held my hand up to him. Sophia wasn't in the mood for William's brand of humor right now. You know, Amy, I was looking forward to being back here, Sophia said quietly, her voice low, sad. I was excited about you again. You know how hard it's been for me to come back with everything that's happened. Or you would if you ever talked to me. Her anger was quiet now a kind of silent desperation seeping through my skin and opening old and new wounds. I'm sorry, Soph, I've been... dealing with some stuff. I trailed off. I didn't know what to say. I wouldn't know. Her voice was cold and harsh. Okay. I didn't know where to go from there. Can we talk? Can we just go somewhere and talk? I asked. Sophia was silent, stewing in her frustration for a second before she answered. Fine. It was just a statement, again cold and harsh. You want to drive? I was about to say that I would, but I left my car at Williams. I flinched at saying it. I can't. My car's not here. It's at Williams. Sophia took a deep breath, flexed her hands into fists, and walked to her truck without saying a thing. I was stationary for a moment, wondering if this meant she was leaving or that I should follow. She turned back and gave a shrug. Well? I followed after her, but William grabbed my arm. Amelia, we have to- No. Not now. I've given you guys all of me since the beginning. I have something I need to take care of. Give me this, then we can go, I whispered, because I knew Sophia was trying to listen. Let's go, she demanded, opening her door and climbing into her truck. William nodded. It was minuscule, but a nod nonetheless. I mouthed, thank you, before running toward the truck and getting in. Without thinking, Sophia automatically drove to our spot atop Archer's Bluff. We sat silent the whole ride never moving, except once when she reached over and put her hand on top of mine. Once we parked, we kept our gazes fixed ahead, staring out over the landscape for a long time. I finally mustered up the courage to speak. I'm sorry. A long silence followed. Do you love him? That's not what this is about. You treat him like you love him, you know like you used to treat me. The way you look at him, the silence between you. She still wouldn't look at me, 
That's not fair, Soph. There's so much more to all of this. We discussed this before you came back. We decided we didn't want to be together, that you don't even feel that way anymore. Are you a couple? She asked, and she bit her lower lip as if trying to keep it from trembling. No, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth, I said. You're acting like a jealous girlfriend, only that title isn't yours to command. We sat again in silence, her hand still on top of mine. She stared out the driver's side window for a long time. It wasn't until she finally shifted and dragged a finger across her cheek that I knew why. I do have feelings for him, I do, I began. But I can't stress enough how much this has nothing to do with that. I hate that you have feelings for him, she said, and I know that's unfair. I didn't mean for it to happen, I said. Don't do that, she whispered. You've chosen him at every turn since I met him. Don't act like your choices are the same as your feelings. She looked over at me and tears started falling from my eyes. She was right. Of course she was right. What about our choice not to get back together? I said, wiping my cheek. I didn't say this wasn't messy, and I didn't say I was blameless in this. She dragged her thumb along my hand. This is about the stuff I saw that night, isn't it? She continued. Her question took me by surprise, though I guess it shouldn't have. I'd been waiting for so long for her to ask that I sort of forgot it happened. You remember what you saw? The surprise in my voice matched that on her face. Yeah, I remember. As if I could forget. This made it easier, but so much harder all at once. I still wasn't allowed to talk about anything, even though the fact that she remembered wasn't normal. Or according to William, it wasn't, anyway. I saw you, she continued. Well, a leather and armor-clad, creepy, evil version of you. I can't talk about this. I reached for the handle and popped the door open, gulping fresh night air. I stepped out of the truck, and she followed suit determined not to let the subject go. We have to, she rounded the front of the truck. The night was crisp and clear, and the stars flickered above the landscape like an endless sea of fireflies. In all aspects, it should have been the perfect night to say goodbye. If only I knew how to begin. Amy, you've been my best friend since I can remember. I'm not going to run for the hills screaming that you're crazy she whispered, forcing my gaze to meet hers with nothing but her piercing eyes. I'm not going to pretend what I saw that day made sense, but I'm not going to run away. I'll bet what I saw in those dreams you have are kind of the same, aren't they? I looked away. I thought so. I have to go away for a while, I finally confessed, looking out over the trees toward the mountains. It was strange, even now, on the brink of a new journey, how being at Archer's Bluff and staring out over forever seemed to somehow make everything going on so small and insignificant. But then I blinked and saw what was ahead, and it all came cascading down on me. 
I laid my head in my hands and the pressure inside of me surged on the verge of exploding. Where? she asked. You wouldn't believe me if I told you, I whispered. And then I laughed. We turned to look at each other in the pending climax and burst into uncontrollable mirth. We laughed until our sides begged us to stop and our lungs threatened to give out. You're so intense, she coughed. It's intense. I couldn't control my heaving. We couldn't say anything again for a long time. We just rolled around in the grass and dirt in front of the truck, lost in a world of strange joy. When the coughing died and silence once again fell between us, she turned to me. I told you I wouldn't run. You can tell me. I turned to her, losing myself in her eyes. I can't. She looked down at her feet and sighed. Wherever you're going, it's with him, isn't it? My nod was so small that it was almost indistinguishable. She continued, You know I love you. You're my best friend. And I love you. I smiled, taking her hand as we sat up. I love you too, Soph. Nothing can change that. Nothing will. But I have to... Go. I know. You have to go. I just wish you'd tell me where. I could tell she hoped that I'd break down and tell her. I know. I can't tell you. It's for the best. Trust me. With nothing else to say, she leaned over and placed a kiss on my lips. It was quick, tender, and all the goodbye I could have asked for. It wasn't confusing, and it wasn't strange. It wasn't even particularly sexual in nature. It was a simple kiss to say I love you. A simple kiss to say stay safe. I took her hand in mine and squeezed. We sat in that spot holding hands and not talking for another half hour before we simultaneously stood up and climbed back into the truck. She drove silently, her eyes never wavering from the road. I watched the landscape pass us out the passenger side window, but I never let go of her hand. Maybe it was selfish to be clinging to her that way, but I didn't want to let go. The trees and skyline blurred so slightly at our speed, and I felt like I never appreciated how simple and beautiful everything was in Harper Falls. My body buzzed, and simultaneously an extreme sense of calm washed over me. We turned into my driveway and William stood casually outside the entrance to the garage with a bag. My bag. Sophia put her truck into park. The body of the truck shuddered as my father threw open the door at the top of the stairs and charged down. I had no doubt in my mind that this was going to be some awkward version of his kind of sex talk. As he opened his mouth to speak, William managed to get something out first. Mr. Clark, you've discussed this with Cindy and I. A look I'd never seen before crossed Carl's face. Something flashed across his eyes, and he set his jaw but dropped his head ever so slightly. Was that... retreat? Defeat? Comfort? 
I couldn't make out the emotion, but he stepped slowly down the rest of the steps and hugged me in his arms, kissing my forehead before getting into his car. He put his key in the ignition and turned it, the engine rumbling to life. He looked up at me, smiling briefly before shifting the Suburban into reverse and hitting the gas. I stared at William, who shrugged. Blame your mom. She told him you were enrolling in boarding school for senior year. I couldn't help it. I burst into an uproarious laughter. That's what she meant when she said she handled it? It worked. Well, kind of, he said, turning to face me, showing off a forming bruise. She may have said something about you following me there. He smirked slightly. He really didn't like that part. He punched you in the face? I stopped laughing. William nodded, shrugging. Sophia still stood off to the side, hands in her jacket pockets, pretending not to listen to our conversation. I lowered my voice and whispered quickly to William. You're going to be furious with me, but Sophia may have gotten her hands on the orb one day and seen things. Things she hasn't forgotten about? William's eyes grew wide. I should have told you, but I didn't know how. And now she knows that wherever I'm going must have something to do with that. I want to know that she'll be safe here. William breathed very evenly, his tone steady, his whisper matching mine. You're right. I am furious, and you should have told me. That means something. A human seeing things, remembering things. I know, I know, I said, a little curtly. No. You don't get to brush this off. This is a big deal, and no, I can't promise you anything about her safety. We don't exactly have extra people that can stay here and babysit. I know you guys are talking about me, Sophia said coolly. So either come out and share it with the group or wait till I'm gone. William turned towards Sophia, speaking with a sincere reverence. I was just telling Amy that she's lucky to have someone like you. People in Harper Falls never cease to amaze me. You're incredibly loyal. You're welcoming. You want to protect her. You love her. It's uncommon. I was just saying that she should cherish it and give you a proper goodbye. Several seconds passed and a myriad of emotions flooded Sophia's face, her eyes speaking volumes. She couldn't tell if she was being mocked, patronized, humbled, or admired. Then her famous smile lit up her face. We already had a proper goodbye. Up on our bluff. Her tone was warm, kind, but a slight possessiveness crept through, and William shifted so he stood a centimeter taller, which was ridiculous. He could slouch and still be taller than Sophia. I rolled my eyes. I caught a glimpse of a figure walking out from the woods, carrying something large. I couldn't make out who it was or what they were carrying. It was too dark. But then our back floodlights flickered on. Rudder carried a brilliant, gleaming staff and wore an ear-to-ear -ear grin on his face. This grin shifted into confusion when he saw Sophia. I remember you, he said when he reached us, holding his hand up in a wave to Sophia. Hey. 
Then Rudder turned to William and said the single worst thing he could. So what? Are we recruiting humans now? <laughs>